you to just just think about what the Lord has done for you discovered I have discovered that if the preacher never preaches me happy if the choir never sings me happy if the deacons never pray me happy I, I don't I don't I don't I don't have to depend upon any of that because when I mess around and have a flashback of what the Lord have done for me don't nobody have to tell me to clap my hand don't nobody have to tell me to give God praise when I think of his goodness And I don't care how bad the situation you may be in right now, you have to always take into consideration it could be worse. You always have to take into consideration that somebody somewhere is worse off than me. 
But when it comes to God, when it comes to coming to the sanctuary, his word says that we ought to come in giving him thanks. Even when it looks like you don't have anything to thank him for, come on in and tell him, Lord, I thank you. Even though I may be in trouble, Lord, I thank you. Even though I may be hurting in my body, Lord, I thank you still, I thank you. I may have more, more, more bills than I have money, but Lord, I still thank you. The Bible said when you come in, you ought to come in with things. Then you ought to come in with praise. And I have learned that there are two times that we must learn how to praise God. And that's because of and then in spite of. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Sometimes you come in and you got all kind of issues going on and you don't know which way to turn. But I dare you to start praising God. And in the midst of you praising him, how many know that he'll come into your situation? For the Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. That means that he lives within our praise. Wherever there's praise, he will show up. And if you need him to show up in your situation, you got to learn how to praise him in your situation. It's something about it. It's something about giving God praise and blessing him. something about it that's why the psalmist said I was glad when they said unto me let, let us go into the house of the Lord because he recognized and he realized that in God's house I can find everything that I need I can find joy I can find peace I can find strength I can find everything I need in God's house. Everything that you need is in the house. But a lot of times there are things that God wants, want, wants to do for us. And in us. But we miss out on some stuff that he wants to do. because we we fail to reach reach out in the in the spirit you got to reach out as they they sing that song reach out and touch the lord as he as he goes by you have to reach out and touch him and you can touch him through your praise and through your worship there was a syrophoenician woman that came to jesus and she wanted help for her daughter Jesus had her to know it's not right, it's not meat for me to take what belongs to the children and give it to dogs. She acknowledged, she didn't, she didn't say, she didn't get mad with Jesus. You, you calling me a dog? You calling us dogs? She didn't get mad. But she said, yeah, Lord, I understand what you're saying, but even the dogs desire the crumbs, the scraps 
that fall from the master's table. And how many know that just one crumb blessing will suffice? A crumb blessing. And then after she made her statement to the Lord, she began to worship. She began to worship him. An unbeliever, a Gentile, a, a dog, in a sense, in nature, began to worship the Lord. And I can imagine Jesus said, please stop, because if you stop, if, 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 if you don't stop worshiping me, I can't help but bless you. Even though it's the children's bread, if you keep worshiping me, I'm going to mess around and give you. <laughs> the bread that belongs to the children how many know that when you worship God it, it, it does something for him it, it, it blesses him and there is no way that we can bless the Lord and he not turn around and bless us back anybody know what I'm saying there's no way that you can touch him and he not touch you back the woman with the issue of blood touched him in faith and he at the same time touched her back through the power and the virtue that rested upon him. If you worship and if you praise, my God, there are so many uh, blessings to be received. I have discovered uh, that sometimes you can get <clears throat> your breakthrough before the word even comes forward. It's contingent on, on you. Because I've discovered that good sermons can be preached, but if the heart is not receptive and open, you're still not going to get a breakthrough. Just heard a good message. But God sends his word to bless our lives and to heal us and to lift us and to strengthen us and to correct us and to encourage us and so many other things. Amen. There's a word today that I want to share with you from the Lord. I want to uh, call your attention to the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. And we'll begin reading at verse 1. Joshua chapter 1. And we'll begin reading at verse 1. The word of the Lord reads as follows in Joshua chapter 1 beginning at verse 1. It says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake 
unto Joshua the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every soul, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness to this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Verse 7 only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. In verse 5, It says there shall not be, there shall not any man be able uh, to stand before thee all the days of thy life as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will, fail, I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Uh, today I want to use for a subject, I want to talk about when the Lord is on your side. when the Lord is on your side. First of all, I want to say that if it's anybody you want on your side, it is the Lord. Because I have discovered 
that the word says, if God be for us, then who can be against us? I have discovered that when God is on your side, he's more than the whole world against you. You can have a whole lot of folk on your side. But if God is against you. See, we often focus on that scripture. We say, if God is for us, who can be against us? But I like to look at the scripture and, and turn it around and say, if God is against me. then who can be for me? The Bible teaches us in the book of Psalms, it said the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. See, because sometimes people cannot wrap their mind around, well, I thought the Lord is for everybody. No, he's not. The Bible said that the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. I could tell you where to find it, but go dig for it. It's there. God is against the evil doers. I told you last Sunday, the Bible said, fret not thyself because of evil doers, because of what's going to happen. They shall soon be cut down like the grass. I have discovered that, 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 that folks can be for you, but if God is against you, who can really help you? Who, who, who can really help you when God, when the wrath of God comes upon your life? You can't call the police on God. The police can't do nothing with God. He has all power. When the Lord is with you, when he is on your side, my brothers and sisters, we can rest assured that we may have some battles, but we're coming out victorious. May have some troubles, may have some trials and some tribulations, but God's word has already assured us of the victory you 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 well somebody said well 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 how can I how can I obtain the favor of God how can I get God to be on my side number one you got to walk in obedience to his word we'll see it here in the text in a minute 
But the record declared that Moses had led the children of Israel for many years. For many years, Moses led them. He brought, he was the one that God used to bring them out of the land of Egypt, out of the land of bondage. He was leading the children of Israel into uh, or to the place. He was supposed to lead them into the place of promise. But because of frustration, because of anger, I talked about that last Sunday, because of his anger, he couldn't control his anger. But, but I can identify with Moses because folk will get on your nerves. Folk will cause you some trouble and some heartaches and some pains and, and some misery and, and some strife to have to go through. And Moses became so frustrated with them, they cried out, you brought us out here, we're going to die. We don't have no water, we don't have no food. And he got so mad, they wanted water. The Lord says, speak to the rock, Moses. And Moses was so frustrated and mad and angry with the people that instead of him speaking to the rock, he hit the rock. And because of what he did in disobedience unto the Lord, the Lord says unto him, you won't be the one even though I had you in mind to be the one to lead them all the way from Egypt into the promised land. But because of your disobedience to me, Moses, you won't be the one to take them in. And that shows me, that lets me know that sometimes God can have one plan and one intention for your life. But if you walk in disobedience to what he told you to do, it can mess you up from God doing what he had in mind all the time. How many know some things are not just going to happen just because you receive a prophecy, just because somebody speaks a word into your life, or just because God himself says directly unto you, I plan to do this or that in your life. But all of that is contingent on whether or not we walk in obedience to what he said. Moses was the one that was chosen to lead them into the promised land, but because of his own disobedience to God and his frustration, his anger, he hit the rock, and because of that, he was unable to take them into the promised land. And, 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 and so that the time had come that God, amen, was getting ready to take Moses off of the scene, and young Joshua was coming on the scene and, and, and as a matter of fact that the Bible teaches us that when God got ready to take Moses out of this world God himself buried him in the mountain and the people didn't even know where the grave was do you know why that's so one reason because they probably would have tried to dig him up God said, I'm going to bury you. I'm going to take you out. This is the end of your journey. I'm going to take you out. And God himself buried Moses. Moses didn't need the undertaker. God did it all. Buried him. Then when he took him off the scene, 
The young Joshua was already being groomed and prepared to assume the leadership position and to lead the people on into the promised land. Now, the Bible said, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, or his assistant, his helper, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Joshua receives the report directly from God because all, as far as the people would have known, Moses just went missing. But God had Joshua to understand that my servant Moses is dead. He's no longer with you. And Joshua, I have a task at hand for you to do. He said, I want you to arise, get up, go over this Jordan. Thou and all of this people unto the land which I do give them. And, and, and that's the promised land, even to the children of Israel. He says unto him, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you as I said unto Moses. He said, everywhere you step, Everywhere you step, the Lord said, I have given it unto you. It's yours. I have given it unto you. But let's look a little bit further in the text and let's see what the Lord says unto him. He says, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates and the land of, of the Hittites and, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your border. It shall be your coast, all of this land, all of this territory. The Lord says, I have already given it to you. Now notice here, the Lord said, I've given it to you, but wait a minute, we haven't entered into it yet. <laughs> Most time, whenever people say, I've given it to you, that means you've already taken possession of it. But God says unto him, I have already given you this land, even though you have not yet taken possession of it. Because how many know that God goes before his people? He goes before his people and he prepares the way. He does, he does the work that needs to be done. In other words, he pre mean before, before, before they get there. He, he had already gone before them. He had preordained, he had pre-wielded, he had prepared it already for his people. But now notice here, he said, I've given it to you. In other words, he said, it's already a done deal. And somebody sitting under the sound of my voice, I want to stick a pen right there momentarily and let you know that God has already done some things that you call yourself waiting on him to do. He said it's already done. But in order for you to enter into it and take a hold of it, amen, there's something that you have to do. It's already done. God, God is saying, I've already given it to you. Those that are sick, in your body the Lord said it's already done I've already given you healing the healing is already available but but you have to access it what did Jesus say 
One of the things that he said before he died on the cross, he said, it is finished. Every work that he came to do. He said, so if he said that it's finished, every work that he came to do, it's already done. It's already done. The way is already made. The victory is already won. God said, even before you get into the fight, I've already given you the victory. Even before you get sick, I've already given you healing. Through the stripes and the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Even before, amen, things happen in your life, I've already brought you out. God already told me I wasn't going to get but a few hand claps. I heard two over there. Ain't. Thank you, thank you, Deke. He gave me one more. See, God told me to, God told me to uh, bring these points out because, see, God has, amen, great plans for our life. God desires to do great things in our life. We know according to the word that Jesus said, I came that they may have life and have life more abundantly. It is God's will. You'll find all throughout the word, you will find that it is the will of God to bless us, to prosper us, to bring us into a land that's flowing with milk and honey, to bring us into a place of joy and peace and happiness and richness. It is God's will. You'll find it all throughout the scripture. It is God's will. But there's something we have to do. There's something we have to do in order to attain, in order to receive what it is that the Lord has prepared for us. Amen. We have our part to do. God said, I've already done. I've already done what you call yourself waiting on me to do. Now look here. He says unto them, unto him, he said, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I what? Given you. He didn't say, I will give you. He said, I have already given you. Even as I said unto Moses, then he gives him the geographic locations. And if you would search all of those locations, you will find that that's a great territory. From here to there, that's a great, great, great territory. In other words, the Lord says in to, in, to, to him in so many words, I am going to enlarge your territory. Look at what he said in verse 5. He says, there shall not any man, underline any man, nobody, be able to stand before thee all the days 
of thy life. He said, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Now notice here, he says unto him, he said, nobody will be able to stand before thee. Now what he meant when he said that, he meant when he said nobody will be able to stand before thee, he meant nobody will be able to stand against you. He didn't tell him that people would not rise up against him. But he assured them that when they rise up, they won't be able to stand. Because, see, there, you got to understand that Joshua was getting ready to assume this leadership position. And I have discovered there is no way for you to ever serve in a leadership capacity and somebody not rise up against you. They will do it. Tell your neighbor, they'll do it. Some folks have no respect for leadership. So you got to understand that, that, that he's assuming a leadership position. And God is getting his heart and mind prepared that, look, now you're going to assume this position. So based on what God said to him, it, it suggests to us through the text that he would have people that would stand against him. How many know that when you're in a leadership, if, and, and you don't have to be a pastor, if you ever served in a leadership role on your job or in the church or wherever, you have a kind of an understanding that people will rise up against you. People will fight against you. Some will fight openly. Some will fight subtly. Some will smile in your face and act like they are with you when all at the same time they are secretly fighting against you. Doing all that they can to sabotage you. Doing all that they can to discredit you. Doing all that they can to make you look bad. But God said in his word, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment shall be condemned. God said when they put lies out on you, don't go around trying to straighten out the lie on your own because I will let people know the truth. All you do is stay focused on what I told you to do. That's how the enemy works if he can distract you. He can better have opportunity to overcome you. Tell your neighbor, stay focused. People will rise up against you. And I've been in leadership long enough to know I wasn't born yesterday and I didn't start preaching last night. 
And sometimes the people that rise or stand up against you, amen, are not always the ones that were not for you in the beginning. Sometimes people that were with you in the beginning will turn against you on down the line. I have seen it over and over again. The Lord says unto him, he says, nobody will be able to stand before you. See, God is telling him this stuff ahead of time. Before anybody ever rises up against him, God is telling him ahead of time, you rest assured that you are coming out on top. Before he ever has anybody to rise against him or say anything about him negatively, he has the Lord to speak into his spirit and tell him that nobody will be able to stand against you. And it's not because of you, Joshua, but it's because you belong to me. And anybody that messes with my child, it's better for you to have a millstone hung about your neck and thrown over into the sea than to offend a child of God he said I will fight in other words what he was letting him know is that he would fight the battle for him he was letting him know that he would go before him he was wanting him to know all you have to do is obey me and trust me Obey me and trust me. If you obey him and trust in God, he will take care of you. He said in his word that he will make your enemies your footstool. If you just trust in him, he said that he would make you the head and not the tail, the lender, not the borrower, above and not beneath. If only you trust in him. In verse 5, he let him know there would be some that will rise up against you. He said, but they won't be able to stand. God said when they rise up against you, he said, I'm going to take it personal. Do you hear what I'm saying? He said, I will take it personal. And I've learned that you ain't been in a fight until you've been in a fight with God. You hadn't taken a hit. Until you've been hit by God. Somebody said, Preacher, what you mean God, God would take it personal if somebody messes with one of his children? This is what he said. I told you last week. He said that I will be an enemy to your enemy. That's what he told the children of Israel. And he said, I will be an adversary to your adversary. And all of that is contingent on you walking in obedience to what I said. And how many know that when you walk in obedience to what God said, 
regardless to, amen, who don't like it, regardless to who rises up against you, regardless to who plots and who schemes and who plans against you, the Lord will take care of you. He will take, I'm a, I'm a living witness, he will take care of you. I hadn't known nobody to be in a fight with God and win yet. He said in his word, why is it that God says unto him, nobody will be able to stand? Because God rest assures, uh, he lets him know, he assures him that I'm going to fight the battle for you. This battle is not yours, but it belongs unto the Lord. That's what he's saying. He's saying a lot to Joshua in this one verse that, that we don't see written here in the text. He says, I will take it personal. He said, they won't be able to stand. And it's not in the text, but this is what he meant. They won't be able to stand because I will knock them down myself. That's, that, it's not written in the text, but it's underlying. So he has him to understand that whatever you do, know that nobody, did you underline any man? That means nobody will be able to stand against you. I don't care how big they are. They won't be able to stand. I don't care how influential they are. They won't be able to stand. I don't care how smart they are. I don't care how intelligent they are. They won't be able to stand against you. But all of that is contingent on Joshua's obedience to God. You'll see it a little bit further down in the text. And he assured him, he said, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. God assures him, I will not fail you. Nor will I forsake you. God, now notice here, you have to understand that there was a difference between Moses and Joshua. And one of the differences between Moses and Joshua was the age difference. Hunt your neighbor and tell him, wake up. See, some folk be acting like they sleep. They ain't sleep. This ain't sleeping time. When
when, 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 see, 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 God had him to understand that if you walk in my ways and in, in my statutes, he said, I'll take care of you. When, 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 just like I took care of Moses, he said, I'll, I'll take care of you. Just like I gave Moses wisdom, I'll give you wisdom. Just like I anointed Moses, I will anoint you. Just like I gave Moses the grace that he needed to lead them, he said, I'll give you the grace that you need. That's what he meant. Every, in every way that I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you the same way. And age ain't nothing but a number. That's what God was trying to get him to understand. Moses was much older than Joshua. But that had nothing to do with Joshua's leadership capability. Because, amen, even though he had never led before, he was groomed to lead. And then not only was he groomed by Moses, he would be anointed by God. See, 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 I have discovered that sometimes uh, you, can, you can groom a person, amen, but if they don't become anointed by God, I don't care how much you groom them, they just going through the motion. Got no anointing to lead. How many know you got to be anointed? Amen. You got to have the grace and, and the wisdom of God in order to be effective. He said, I assure you that just like I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. And that was all, see, and I love the fact that the Lord told him that he was going to be with him. Because, see, sometimes it can be a difference in folks telling you, I'm going to be with you. Versus the Lord saying, I'm going to be with you. Because the Bible said, whatever God said, God is not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, he's going to do it. But unlike people, sometimes people will tell you, I'm going to be with you. And as soon as you make a decision that they don't agree with, they step over on the other side. But when the Lord said that I'm going to be with you, you can count on whatever the Lord said. If the Lord said I'm going to be with you, if you step out over in left field, the Lord going to come over there, spank your behind, and he's still going to be with you and pull you back into his wheel. He promised him that, that I won't leave you and I will not forsake you. I'm going to be with you, Joshua. I'm going to be with you. He had him to know you're not going to be in this thing by yourself. He says, but I'm going to be with you. He tells him in verse 6, he said, be strong. And of a good courage. That's two things that you need. When you're trying to do the Lord's will. I'm not just talking about being a pastor. But I can use myself as an example. But in whatever you're doing that God has called you to do. You will face opposition. 
The enemy will oppose you. That's his job. And when he opposes you, he will do it through people. And so uh, God is encouraging Joshua ahead of time. He let him know that whatever you, whoever rises against you, don't worry about it because they won't be able to stand. He said, don't worry about it because I'm going to be with you. Don't worry about it. I'm not going to let you down. I'm not going to forsake you. I'm not going to leave you by yourself. And then the Lord tells him, be strong. If you're going to do what God called you to do, whether it's preaching or whatever work God has called you to do, you have to understand you got to have some strength. If you don't have any strength, you won't be able to stand. In my pastoring tenure, amen, I have discovered that as a leader, as a pastor, you have to have strength. You can't let folk punk you down and pull you out of God's will for your ministry and for your life. You gotta have some strength. Because Jesus said, I'm, I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. And I've discovered in my pastoral life and preaching life that there's some strong demons that you are up against. I'm, I'm not just talking about the preacher, I'm talking about all believers. There is some strong demons that we are up against. And the only way you'll be able to stand, you got to be strong. What do you mean, preacher? Let, 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 let me give you a little rundown. You got to be strong enough to keep on working when folks talk about you. When they criticize you and, and when they discredit you and when they do all kind of things to try to discourage you, you got to have enough strength to be able to stand anyhow. You can't stand if you ain't got no strength. If you, ain't, if, you, if you don't have no strength, amen, you'll tuck tail and run. But I heard in the word of God, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but he's given us the spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. You got to be strong. You have to be strong. That's what the Lord is saying under Joshua. You got to be strong, son. Well, how can I be strong? In the Lord. When, when the Lord told him to be strong, he didn't, he didn't mean be strong in yourself, in your own abilities. When the Lord told him to be strong, he didn't mean go to the gym and work out and build up your physical strength because that ain't the kind of strength God was talking about. God was letting him know, boy, you need some spiritual strength. You need some spiritual strength so that you'll be able to stand, so that you'll be able to lead, and so that you'll be able to do what I called you to do. You need some spiritual strength.
How you looking in the spirit? Because that will determine whether or not you're able to stand. If I didn't have no spiritual strength, sometime when I'm up here preaching the, some of the looks that I see, I wouldn't be able to stand. got to have some spiritual strength. You got to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's what Paul said. He said put on the whole armor of God so that you'll be able to what? Stand against the wiles of the devil. Amen. That's the only way you're going to be able to stand. You got to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And you got to have your armor on so that you'll be able to stand. Listen. I'm getting ready to close down here because I'm not finna hoop not one time today uh, because this is the way it needs to be presented. Okay? Be strong and of a good courage. Be courageous. You can't be scared. You can't be afraid. For unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. He said, only be thou strong. He's telling him that again. Showing the need for strength. He just said it in verse 6, and right in the very next verse, he tells him again, only be thou strong and very courageous, letting us know that you definitely need strength and courage. that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law. Notice here, he said that thou mayest, in verse 7, observe to do. He didn't just say that thou mayest observe. But what is the purpose of observing? To do. In other words, it's not enough just to know what the law says. It's not enough just to know what the word says. But you take that knowledge of that law and of that word and do it. It's not enough just to know that the Bible said love your enemies. God wants you to do it. It's not enough just to know that the Bible said pay your tithe and give your offering. You can know it all day long, but God wants you to do it. It's not enough to just to know that the Bible says do good to them that despitefully use you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely. It's not enough just to know what the Bible says, what the law says, but God expects us to do it. It's not enough just to know that the Bible says husbands love your wives as Christ has loved the church. It's not enough just to know it, but you got to do it. You got to do it. So he says unto Joshua, observe it so you can do it. <laughs> 
Observe it so that you can do it because there's going to be a blessing released upon your life when you do it. You don't get rewards just based on how many scriptures you can quote, but how much scripture do you live? That's what carries more weight with God than anything. Observe to do according to all, not just something. Everything that's in there. See, some folks just want to take part of what they're willing to do and abide by that. But according to the text here, the Lord is letting Joshua know you got to do everything that's in the law. You can't just pick and choose what you want to do and say forget the rest. But you got to observe and do everything that's in the law. Listen, let's go a little bit further. Which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left. In other words, don't deviate. Don't get off the path of righteousness. That's what he's saying. Because whatever is in the law, amen, it is considered righteousness. Whatever God commands us to do is the right thing to do. You won't find anywhere in God's word where he tells us to do anything that is not right. When he says don't veer from don't don't get off the path, don't go to the right hand or left hand, he's saying unto him, do not become distracted. Don't deviate from the path. Stay on the path of righteousness. See, that's important. Now, I'm going to say why that's important to us today. How does that apply to me today? Because, see, if you stay on the path of righteousness, it's going to bless your life. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil. And you want to stay on God's good side. Because he does have a side of wrath that a lot of folks don't like to talk about. But God does have a wrath side of him. You want to stay on the path of righteousness because it will lead to blessings and prosperity in so many areas of your life. He said, don't turn from it to the right end or the left. We need to understand and we need to accept that today because, amen, sometimes the enemy will use people to try to pull us from the path of righteousness. To, to, to pull us from doing the right thing in our life. You can't allow people to influence you in the wrong way. Do you hear what I'm saying? You got to keep doing what you know is right. Even if, even if it's grandmama that trying to tell you to do the wrong thing, amen, you don't have to listen to that. But you have to keep doing what you know is right. 
Amen. If somebody is trying to persuade you to do the wrong thing, you have to have enough strength and courage to say, no, I'm not going to do that because that ain't right. That ain't right. You cannot allow yourself to be influenced by anything or anybody. You have to be committed to the word of God. You got to be committed. Committed to the word of God. But I've seen so often time some people are so committed to other folk more than they are to God. If you won't show up for choir rehearsal because your buddy ain't coming, You have a greater commitment to your buddy than you have to God. If you won't participate in, 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 in certain things because your buddy is not over it and not spearheading it and, and you won't support it because somebody else is doing it, then you have a greater commitment to your buddy than you have to God. Well, so-and-so -and -so ain't going to be over this ministry. I'm getting out of it. Your allegiance. You have more allegiance to your buddy than you have to God. That's not the way it should be. I want to buy some of these CDs here. I want to pass them out. Uh, the sales probably be low today. I, I, yeah, this, this is not the type of message a lot of folks want to buy. <laughs> I'm getting ready to wrap this thing up here in just a moment. But you can't turn from what you know is right. And you know the word of God is right. And I'm not talking about self-righteousness because, see, sometimes people have a self-righteousness and they say, well, this is right here. Now, you need to turn from a self-righteousness, but don't turn from a God-righteousness. All right. Look at here at why God tells him don't turn from the law or his word. Don't turn to the right hand or to the left hand. In the very next statement, part of that verse, he tells him why. That thou mayest prosper. That's why God told him don't turn from this word to the right hand or to the left hand because God wants him to prosper. 
And anytime anybody goes against the word of God, anytime anybody goes against what God wants or what God says, you can look forward to not prospering. If you go against the word of God, kick against God, you will not prosper. If I uh, receive instruction from God and God said do this and do that and if I do not do what God says I will not prosper because my prosperity is tied into my obedience to God And see, prosperity, a lot of times when you talk about prosperity, folks think about just money and houses and cars and stuff like that. But that's not it. The greatest prosperity is the spiritual. Because some folks may say, well, I ain't been paying my tithe and I ain't been doing this and I ain't been doing that and I got money and I got cars and I still got my house and this and that. But uh, what profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? But that money and stuff. Cars and houses, all that, that's, that, that's good in this place. It's all right. You know, they serve the purpose for why we're here. But the greatest benefit is to be able to hear Jesus say, well done. Good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. He said that thou mayest prosper. He, he tells him why. I'm telling you, don't turn from this word so that you can prosper. And a lot of people are not prospering. They're just getting by. A lot of folk are not prospering because they are not doing. What the word says. If you don't do what the word says, I don't care who you are, what your position is, preacher, pastor, bishop. It don't matter. If you don't obey the word, the Lord said you will not. Even if it looked like you're getting ahead, God said, I'll let one major event happen in your life and you thought you took five steps ahead and you took 20 backwards. You will not prosper. That's God's word. And a lot of people are not prospering. In the manner that God wants. And it's simply because of a disobedience to what he said. Do you know why the United States is going through so much right now? A lot of that stuff is tied to them kicking against God's word. 
And God plainly said, if you don't do what his word said, you will not prosper. As long as this nation held God in high standards and in high regard, they held his word in high standard. As a matter of fact, a lot of folks trying to get it removed where you no longer have to lay your hand on the holy word of God. They want to use some other book or use something else. But when you hold God's, when this nation was holding God's word in high standard and holding God in high standard, God was blessing America. And now America, many of them have turned their back on God and everybody running around. What's happening? What's happening to our money? What's happening to our nation? We going down. I'll tell you what's happening. The Bible said, if my people which are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, the Lord said, I will hear their cry. I'll forgive their sin and I'll heal the land. That's what's wrong with America today. So many people trying to get God out of everything. Take God out of the schools. Take God off of the money. Take God out of everything. Trying to fix it to where the preachers can't even preach against certain things or, or say certain things from the pulpit. But God is God and he's trying to get this nation to open our eyes and see that we need him. We need him. He said, if you don't, he's, in other words, he was letting Joshua know, if you go off to the left or to the right, if you uh, uh, deviate from this word, he said, you will not prosper. You won't prosper. He, he, said, he said, that thou mayest prosper. In other words, God said, I want you to prosper where the soever thou goest. The Lord said, wherever you go, I want you to prosper. How does that apply to us? He said, we know he told Joshua wherever he went that he wanted to prosper him. But how does that apply to you and I? The Lord is saying the same thing that he said to Joshua. I want to prosper you wherever you go. In other words, God was letting him know that the blessing will not be because of a geographic location. But he said that my blessing will be not on the location, but my blessing will be on you. And if my blessing is on you, wherever you go, you're going to prosper. If you leave Pensacola and go to California, you'll still prosper. If you leave one job and go to another job, I'll prosper you. Amen. If one man walk out of your life and leave you, I'll give you another one and I'll still prosper you. Wherever you go. Wherever you go, he said, I'll prosper your life. I will bless your life wherever you go because my blessing will be upon you. And look at here. And because his blessing will be on you, 
Wherever you go, we'll be blessed. You leave one job and go to another job. You can walk through there. If you know God is hand is on you, you can walk through there saying, this place is blessed because I'm a blessed child of God. It's blessed because I'm here. God's blessing is on me and I know that because his blessing is on me, others that are attached to me will be blessed. Folk that sit beside me in church will be blessed. Folk that are connected to me will be blessed because the blessing of God is on my life. And when God's blessing is on your life, if God bless you, who can curse you? When his blessing is upon your life, when his favor is upon your life, mm, he'll bless you in ways that you never thought he would. He said, I'll prosper you wherever you go. So he said, don't be afraid to move because wherever you go, you'll prosper. And I thought about that, how he prospered Joseph, how he promised Joseph, he said, I'm gonna elevate you to a high, high position. And so high that your family will, will bow to you. But he never showed him all of the issues that he would have to deal with now, how, how he would have to go through being hated by his brothers and sold into slavery. And when he sold into slavery, being lied on, and then from that being put in jail, and from being put in jail, having to stay there for such a long time, interpret the butler in the baker's dream. And then he had told the butler, said, you're going to be restored, but baker, your life, your head is going to be cut off. And after all of that, he said, look, whenever your uh, prophecy come to pass, put in a good word for me. And the Bible said they forgot about him. But if you research the life of Joseph, when Joseph was a man who loved God, who feared God, he tried to walk in the statutes, in the laws of God, in the commandments of God, and God's blessing was upon his life. Somebody may look at Joseph and say, well, how was God's blessing upon his life when God allowed him to go through all of that stuff? Well, I come to make an announcement to somebody. You may be going through some stuff that you don't understand, but don't judge yourself by where you are right now because if God's blessing is upon your life it's just a matter of time before he lifts you up if you research the life of Joseph it would it would tell you in every case that he went through it will say but the Lord was